0: You are listening to an Elam Christian Centre podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. pray a chain for her. This is why I choose Elam. There's always support and love and grace when you need it most. Awesome. What a great testimony, yeah! So good, so good. Hey, just to clarify something, Tane said uh, you can drop your kids off, but we do expect you to collect them at the end as well. If you want to get rid of them, we kind of want you to take them back, if that's okay. Although Tane did say he would adopt another five or six if uh, if required. So um, yeah. (laughs) Hey, this morning we're going to continue our series, um, paradigm shift. What is a paradigm shift? A paradigm shift is when I move from a particular place of understanding. Into something new. You know, where, where my my understanding or my my concept of an idea or a person gets changed and shifted. Where I see something, God sees it very differently. We want to see that shift where we begin to see things and we begin to see people and we begin to see situations the way God would see it, not just the way we see it. Jesus was always challenging the thinking of people. Constantly he would go and he would he, he, would, he would challenge the thinking of the day. He would flip it on its head. And, go, and God is wanting us to live with, a, with a, a constant paradigm shift. Because in the natural, we're going to see things. But God is saying, I want you to see things supernaturally. I want you to see what would happen if, if you release that into my hands and what that could be. This morning, we're going to look at one of Jesus' creative miracles. Uh, Jesus healed people. Amazing healings that took place. But this is one of, my, one of my favorite miracles is because it involved a really big crowd, about 5,000 people. If you've been in church a little while, you may know where I'm going with this message today. The feeding of the 5,000. I reckon in that moment there were a few thousand people that got a little bit of a paradigm shift. Don't you reckon? I see some loaves and fishes, but God sees something completely different, a crowd that is fed. So let's read together, John chapter 6, verses 1 to 12. After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed the hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people come to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sit down on the grassy slopes. Um, In in other versions, it speaks in in groups of 50. So the same story told, but groups of 50 sounds a a little bit like small groups to me. Kind of small groups gathering together. The men alone numbered 5,000. Some would say the crowd could have been anywhere between ten to 20,000 based on women and children that would have been included. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. Everyone, After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. God feeds a crowd, and then he doesn't waste a single bit. I reckon those uh, those extras probably would have gone a little further too. What do you think? Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this incredible story of of multiplication, that you can take the little that we might think we have and you can do something far greater than, than when it stays in our hands. God, would you speak to us about the, the heart of generosity and the heart of obedience that would say, God, what, what I have is yours. Lord, we we don't want to hold on to anything that that you want to use. So, Lord, speak to each one of us today, we pray. Amen. Amen. This morning, I want to talk about what happens when God gets our our onlys. What do I mean by our onlys? Well, I'm only from Whangarei. Maybe someone said that before. I've only got school C, for those who are really old. I've only got NCEA credits. I've only... I'm only a single mum raising my children by myself. We've only got one income. We've only got this much for a house deposit. Come on, what onlys have we written off because we only have? I'd encourage you to write it down. What's, what's the only that you're, you've disqualified the miraculous because you say it's only or I've only got? Come on, write it down because this could be something that God is saying, well, would you give that only to me? Because if we live holding on to our only, that's all we'll have. But if we live with a different mindset, a paradigm shift that says my only, I'm going to give it to God if he asks it of me. Because my one only plus God equals a miracle. What is the miracle that you're believing for? Maybe God is also asking for you to give your only. As we head towards Vision Sunday next week, I want to share on our vision for Uh, for term three and four we've got an opportunity to open our doors and love and serve our community and I want to share some of that a little bit at the end today but I want to focus on it next week you're going to get a vision brochure as you leave today with all the information about what's coming up next week so make sure you grab a hold of one of these as you go today but as we head into vision sunday I I want to begin on the mountaintop with a crowd that got fed because of the obedience and the faithfulness and the generosity of a young boy with his lunch. What's interesting is that, to my knowledge, this is one of the only stories in the gospel that's told four times. So the gospels are made up of four different um, accounts of Jesus' life and ministry and miracles. And this is one of the few where where it is recorded in all the gospels. And there's another moment where Jesus feeds a crowd of 4,000 with seven loaves and two fishes. So as if once wasn't enough, he did it another time. (laughs) But what's really interesting is that it's recorded in all the Gospels. And I I wonder if it's because, I don't know, 5,000 people seen that miracle. You don't think they would have carried on talking about that for a little while? That is, uh, considering what do we write in the Gospels? You know, what what actually do we keep? What stories are, are important? Each of them had a different account and they experienced it differently. And so they wrote what they saw and what they, what they would have experienced. But every single one of them, I believe, were impacted by this miracle. And the crowds for the, the days and weeks and months to come, oh, you remember that time we were up on the hill and Jesus had five loaves and two fish and, and, and we ate and I was sitting at the back of, back of the crowd going, man, I should have jumped the line. And I was looking at the food and it was still coming and it was still coming. And then I ate it and it went past me and there was more than enough. You don't think those stories would have been retold as they went back into their villages and their towns and spread across? I reckon the, 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 um, the disciples would have written, we've really got to put this in Scripture. This is a really big story. Unfortunately, we can see sometimes the things in front of us. We can work out all the sums and decide it's impossible. Come on, how many analytical people do we have here? We, important. you need it. Absolutely. But sometimes our analytical brain can get in the way of God wanting to do a miracle. We only have, so therefore. Now, I'm not suggesting that you you add blind faith to your business, because practical common sense and stewardship is important as well. But sometimes we've got to move past the analytical and we've got to say, God, you know what? I just feel like you're stirring something in me and this is all i got, but it's yours. Come on, I want to live my life where I say, God, whatever I've got, whatever you've blessed me with, I'll release it at any point. Where did this miracle start in the hands of a young boy who's prepared to say to Jesus, you can have my lunch? Without offering his lunch, would that miracle have taken place? Or would that have just been another crowd listening to Jesus and then they all went home at the end? Maybe. Now, this is the way my brain works. I'm certain that that wasn't the only lunch that was on the hillside. I reckon there's a bunch of guys that packed a few muesli bars or, you know, Happy Meals or whatever it is, stopped on the way thinking, hey, Jesus may go on and talk a little longer. You know know how Jesus gets. He likes to keep talking. He got hungry, right? So it's probably common. You don't think there were some industrious mums that that went, you know, the kids are going to go crazy if I don't pack some snacks. So you're telling me there wasn't food on the hillside? And all they could find was a lunch. What about all those selfish people that that, stuck their food back into their tunic? It's like, "Uh, you're not getting mine. I'm going to keep this for me. Anyone got any food? "Uh Uh-uh. They missed out on the miracle. They missed out on being a part of the miracle. But this boy says, you can have my lunch. In fact, you can have it all. Pastor Yongi Cho, who passes. Massive church in Korea. I think they're over, over a million in population and congregation size. they were building a 10,000-seat auditorium. And uh, there's financial trouble with the building. A financial crisis hit kind of in Korea, and uh, a lot of the wealth in the businesses uh, was, was just sucked right out. So a lot of businesses had kind of committed to the project but were not able to, to fulfill um, their, their obligation or their, their commitment. Things got so bad that even Yongi Cho was at the point where he, he was even considering taking his own life the the debt was so great, you, know, may, you know, just incredible pressure that he would have been feeling and then one Sunday, a lady in her eighties walks up and she 's got a, a rice bowl, some chopsticks, and a spoon in her hand and she says uh, Pastor, i I, I want to give you my my rice bowl, my spoon, my chopsticks it 's all I have but 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 I want to give it because maybe that'll just bring hope." for somebody and he says I, I, I can't take this this is all you have to which he says if Jesus was here he'd take it <laughs> so he took it and in that moment a businessman from somewhere back in the, in, the, in the congregation stands up and says I'll buy that I'll buy that rice bowl I'll buy that spoon I'll buy those chopsticks $30,000 later sparked a miracle see we, we we might think that we only have something very little in our hands, but but when we give it to God because we know that he 's moving us to give, we can be, we can have confidence that that may very well be the seed for somebody else. I want to do something today i guess in, in, in preparation for next week. Some of you know that i 've been writing these books and um, Selling these books, but today I'm giving these books away. So I want you to, as you go out, I want you to grab a copy and I want you to give it away to somebody who needs it. We've been trying to get these books into schools and it's been amazing just taking the story of identity and and how much God loves us and the skin we're in. And uh, I've I've got open doors into all of the schools here in Whangarei to be able to go and speak with the students. It's been an, an amazing experience. But I want your help to get it out. So please grab a copy. And go give it away. Find somebody that needs it. Tell them that God loves them, that loves the skin they're in. I really believe that uh, this message has to get into the hearts of our kids. So please grab one as you go out today. But, you know, it reminds me the story of this, this woman with the rice bowl. You know, another story in the book of Luke. It says, as Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting the gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow put in two very small copper coins. Truly, I tell you, he said, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had to live on. I don't know. I think there'd be a few people offended that Jesus was sitting watching the offering. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Is that what you gave, Mike? Oh, interesting. That all? That's all you could give? I don't know how that would go if I sat watching the offering. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry, I won't. <laughs> In fact, I don't know what anybody gives, to be honest. It's, it's good. My, my heart's not pure enough for that. So, <laughs> But you know what? Jesus, he saw somebody given of their wealth and said, that's good, but they can, they can afford that. This woman's given everything. She's given it with, with this humble spirit to say, God, here it is. Here's all I have. And the thought I want to come around today is that we see one lunch, but God sees a seed. We see one offering, but God sees a legacy. See, what we can do in one moment may go for generations to come. One act today could be a catalyst for something in the generations that would come. And For some of us, it's easy to give, and for others, it's difficult. For others, we want to put a, put a barrier around our wealth, and we want to say, oh, I've got to protect it, because if I don't protect it, will I have enough? Sometimes I think God is saying, actually, would you let me be the surround and the protection of your wealth, seeing as I'm the one that will give you wealth? And the best way we can do is actually take the barriers down and say, God, what do I need for me to live? And then what can I give to others? If we can live in that spirit, God will give us all that we need and he'll give us more so that we can be a blessing to others. And that's the, that's the spirit that I want to have. That's the, the life I want to live, one of generosity. Every time I get a paradigm shift and I get the focus off myself and what I can earn and what I can achieve and, 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 I, and I transfer that. And when it shifts to other people, God does some really cool things through me. There was a time in, in Kaitaia, we were youth pastors there and um, being uh, in, in Kaitaia, I wanted to, to buy a local, and I needed an, an, a new pair of running shoes. I never, I don't think I'd ever owned a new pair of running shoes, and so I treated myself to this expensive, I think $250, 300 pair of running shoes are probably worth about 100 but it was one store in Kaitaia, so I paid the price, and uh, so I'm wearing these new shoes, love these shoes, had them for a week, turn up to the airport, going to go and pick up my pastor who would I was flying in from Wellington. And I overhear this conversation while I'm waiting for the plane to come. I was, I'm so sorry. He can, this boy, he just can't get on the plane unless he's wearing a pair of shoes. It's like, no, I'm sorry. Um, I, I guessed it was probably a, a foster care situation where maybe he was being transferred to another home. And, and, and I, I looked at that situation. And he didn't wear shoes. And he had no shoes. And he wasn't going to be able to get on the plane. And so I bent down and untied my shoes, <laughs> took my shoes off, handed it to the boy. And said, well, will that do? He got the stunned look from everybody. And I walked out with this cheesy grin on my face and my socks. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it felt so good. It felt so good. your Acts, Acts 20.35 says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I'll tell you what, when you give because you've been motivated by God to give, there is nothing better than that. Another instance, we were at a conference and, God spoke to us about giving into an offering, and uh, we, we were putting money aside in a, in a fund for a new car, and uh, it wasn't going to be an expensive car, but it was, it, was, it was enough to get us started, and I turned to Amy as, as we talked about the amount, and she said the exact number that I said, and both of us went, oh, because yeah, it was much higher than we thought the other one would say, but it was the same number. <laughs> And, and we just agreed that time that kind of a moment happened, whatever God spoke to us about i 'm not saying we gave out of a credit card with money we didn't have; we gave out of a savings account with money that we did have. Please hear me right you can 't give to God something that that you don't already have and so so we, so we gave two weeks later, you know we 're going well we don't have a an offering for the car you know or savings for the car. Two weeks later, somebody comes and turns up at our door the keys to a car worth 10 times the amount that we that we are given in the offering now now let me just let me just clarify something here this is not a lotto ticket this is not a i i I give god this and in return he is obliged to give me this no no god knows the desires of our heart and he knows the needs within our lives which means that if if we have to give something away he, he can supply what we need he can give what we need but our thought and, and, and where we have come to is, is if we've got it and God asks us of it, it's his. Because my thought is it's better in God's hands than it is in mine. If I think I can generate wealth, what could God do with my lunch, my little something, my seed? We see one lunch, but God sees a seed. We see one offering, but God, he sees a legacy. Sometimes our minds can play tricks on us, and we can try and put our boundaries around it, and we can we can go, yeah, but I better protect it. But actually, God's saying, Come on, trust me, trust me. I'll give you everything that you need. But would you would you trust me in this? And it's about this this, this paradigm shift because what the world says and what the world teaches and what the world would model is very different to what Jesus modeled. See, Jesus' kingdom. It's very different to the kingdom of the world. The kingdom of the world says, let's climb to greatness, to significance, to influence, to, to strength and power. Let's, let's, let's go after those things. Jesus says, actually, to get all of those things, you've got to go in the opposite direction. You've got to go low. You've got to humble yourself. You've got to serve. You've got to love. You've got to give. You want something, you give. You know, you give, not expecting to get it back, but you give because that's the right thing and that's the kingdom thing to do. And then God says, wow, I can trust you with more. So he gives you more, so you can give more. So he can give you more, so you can give more. And that's how it works with God. When when we don't hold on to stuff for ourselves, but our heart is to to bless others. What a change that can make. As Jesus was teaching another crowd up on a mountainside, as we know, the Sermon on the Mount, No one gave their lunch that day. Not that we know of anyway. (laughs) He was teaching about the law, about murder and adultery. They were wrong. Teaching about honoring, loving those who hurt us, loving our enemy instead of hating them, giving to the needy, to the poor, how how to pray, how to fast. And then he starts talking about the possessions. And he says, would you resist the urge to, to store up these things here? thinking that you'll take them to heaven because rust and moth will destroy this. He says, don't, and, and don't get worried about what you're going to eat and what you're going to drink and, and what you're going to wear for clothes. He says, even, the, even the, the lilies in the fields, they're clothed by God. The sparrow, he takes care of the sparrow. How much more is he going to care about you? He says, so don't worry about all of that. And then Jesus makes a statement that I believe if, if, if we would live by this statement, If we would be a community of people who would exhibit this and live it and model it, I truly believe there would not be a need in our community. When I look around the church in Whangarei, it is strong and it is growing stronger. There are some incredible churches here in Whangarei with great leadership, great small groups, great ministry. God is moving in this church. Whangarei, not just Elam, but Whangarei. And I truly believe that if we could live by this statement, there would not be a lack in our community. Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness, meaning that we would live a righteous life made right in Christ. Not my acts, not my works, but in Christ through him. Seek first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all of these things, everything else, the list of all the things that we need will be given to you. That's the generous God that we have. But he says, seek me first. Seek my kingdom first. Friends, the miracle that you're believing for may still be in your hand as a seed. Maybe God's saying it's time to sow. Sow that seed in faith to believe for the miracle. Over the last 20 years, we've seen Jesus build his church within Elam Christian Center here. We've seen some amazing things take place. many people give their lives to Christ, people healed, baptisms, amazing kids' programs. But I really believe in this next season, and as we've been talking about as a local leadership team, we really believe that there's a season of generosity coming that we need to be a part of, that our hearts would be open to give whatever God asks of us. In a world where everything seems uncertain, times are tough, people are struggling trying to find hope. In Term 3 and 4 of this year, we're going to be starting dinner at Elam on a Monday night. We're going to be opening up our doors. We're going to be opening up the cafe, this amazing cafe. We're going to be cooking from the start of the day. And we're going to be inviting families to come in and eat. And we need your help. We need your help. We need small groups to sign up just for one of those 16, 18 weeks and say, we'll serve, we'll we'll run the dishcloth and we'll serve, we'll greet at the door. We've got people that have got testimony stories of what God has done in their life. We want you to share those stories over a microphone and come on, tell people why you're here and how God, this is why, this is why we're here at Elam, because of what God has done. And, And for some, it's like, well, I don't have the time, but I've got the resource. I've got the physical resource in order to be able to provide. We need that as well. And so when you go today, you're going to receive one of these Vision Sunday booklets. Inside, there's a list of things that we're, we're believing for. You better get in quick because a couple of them went today already. So, But we've got some things we want to upgrade our kitchen so that we can make sure that obviously it meets all the health and safety standards. We want to make sure that the food that we're putting out is good and it's right and it's, you know, we, we, we're doing it in all the right ways. But I'm believing that we're going to see families come in, individuals come in. You know, and we're not doing cardboard plates and knives and forks, we, we're, going, we're going crockery, we're going cutlery, you know, the, the clitter clatter of plates, you know, and, and you know what, when dinner's over, everybody's going to go and help out in the kitchen, those that ate the meal, those that served the meal, we're going to, it's, it's going to be our family dinner, and we're going to need every small group to pick one week of those 16, and say, yes, we're in, we're going to get you to sign up, next week there's going to be options on the wall where you're going to be able to, to say, I've got that Pay for it. We're going to chuck it up on the other side of the wall to say, done. And it, and it could be, I mean, so our, our kids, we're going to buy a dinner setting. $20, there'll be a plate and cup and dinner plate, bread plate, soup bowl. One done. What can you bring? What little can you bring? Or what much can you bring? <laughs> I really believe this is an opportunity for us to show some generosity, to open up our home and say, welcome. Welcome. And I see, out of this, we're going to see courses on parenting and Alpha. and But it's going to start with a meal. And then hopefully out of this, if, if this is something that we can continue to do, that we will see many, many people walk into discipleship with Jesus. But they know that they belong as, uh, as they, they start their journey with God. So as a team come this morning, w- would you consider, you know, Grab one of these as you go. Would you consider what you can do? How you can help? What part you could play? Whatever it is, we need you. We need your lunch. Would you bring your lunch? Would you bring your little bit, your two mites, your two copper coins? It will make a difference in somebody's life. We're going to be here at Christmas time, And I believe we're going to have probably another hundred people that are going to be here on a Sunday. Just simply because... They met Jesus through you. Come on, I believe that. I believe we're going to see 25 families making Elam home because they've been loved on something as simple as a family meal. God, I pray you would stir generosity in each of us right now. Lord, that we would go away. Lord, whatever we can afford whatever you're asking us to, Lord, would we sacrifice? Would we give willingly? God, would you multiply, Lord, what we have? Would you do something that we can't do? Will we open our hands today in faith and say, God, it's all yours. We release this to you. In Jesus' name. You know, before we close this morning, I there's something we always do on a Sunday morning. And in fact the reason we have our doors open every Sunday morning is for this moment right now. Because we believe in a God who saves, a God who takes us in our sin, and our brokenness and our pain. And He takes all of that and He took it on the cross. Jesus died on the cross for your sin, for my sin. And He did that willingly. It was His choice. And He chose to because He loved us. And it had to happen that way. The Bible says there's no, there's no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. No remission of sin without the shedding of blood. Jesus' blood had to be shed so that our sins would be forgiven. And I stand here today with the salvation of God because of what Jesus did. And I reckon if you asked a few people in this place, they could give a story of how their lives were saved because of Jesus. So I want to give an invitation for anybody that would say, I want to surrender my life to God. I I, I want I want to put my life, just like my finance, I want to put my life in God's hands. God promises He will take our old life, and He'll give us a new life, a new heart, a new understanding. So would you pray this prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that while I'm still sinning, Jesus, you died for me. I turn from my old way of living and I ask you to forgive me. Be Lord of my life. I choose to follow you. Thank you for your gift of salvation. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer, we want to help you take your next step. We've got a team at the back that's going to spot your hand in a moment. But on the count of three, I'd love you to just slip your hand up and say, yes, I prayed that prayer. Maybe coming back to God, maybe for the very first time saying yes to following Him. One, God loves you. Two, He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Three, right across this place. If you prayed that prayer, why don't you just raise your hand up high. High enough for me to see, and then you can put it back down again. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. It's awesome. I see that hand. It's awesome. It's so good. Yes, Father, we thank you. Thank you for your generous heart towards us. Thank you that you gave your best and your everything. And Lord, may our response be the same, that we would give ourselves and all we have to you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.